You go deeper and deeper and deeper. Eight. On every breath you take, you go deeper. Nine. You are floating. On the mental count of ten, you will be in Europa. Be there at ten. I say ten. I'm going to say this as straight as I possibly can. I am begging you, if you're a parent and you've got kids there, that this subject is just too upsetting for your young children. Please get them out of the room or change the station. We urge you to exercise parental discretion. Hey, Uncle, how much you give me for this radio, huh? Now, this hot little old radio, man, is worth plenty of rubles, man. It's got, it's got lots of juice. You got the uh, shortwave, police call, boats. Late at night, man, you get, you get out of space. Come on, come on, Uncle, just make me an offer. Now, this is a $100 radio, man. It's got a clear tone. Boy, that's, that's clear as a mother's old bell. Let's see. Come on, baby. Show the man your power, baby. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! Oh, man. You radio, you mother! Hey, Jim, what about TV? You like TV? What? That new thing, Jim. The television. Oh, pictures. Yeah! No, no pictures. Why not? Everything these days is pictures. Pictures and a lot of noise. Nobody even knows how to talk. Ah, <laughs> just grunt at each other. Babies that were sacrificed for Satan. I will probably have nightmares tonight about it. From the nightmares, to the running around the room when they disclose, to the latching on, to the crying and saying, Mommy, 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 don't go out, because if you go out, they're going to kill you. Threats, intimidation, fear. Now, if you're going to stay cool, you got to wail. you got to put something down. you got to make some jive. Don't you know what I'm talking about? Well, that's all I'm saying. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. Rejection of parental values. Unusual interest in books on Satanism, black magic, or witchcraft. Obsession with rock music groups using satanic symbols or references. Rejection of friends. Preference for being alone. Meditation. Chanting. Use of new vocabulary. Is it the force of evil? Does it disrupt? Is it a force for everything negative? There's two kind of laws, honey. One for the rich. And one for the poor. He sees all and knows all. He's wise. He's kind. He is fair. He loves truth and goodness. Listen, you screwheads. Here's a man who would not take it anymore. A man who stood up against the scum, the dogs, the filth. Here is someone who stood up. Hey, buddy. This is the state of New Jersey, and I don't care who you are. Johnny D'Andrea ran home from the E.W. Bauer school as fast as his short legs would carry him.
So begins the first line of Johnny's first Halloween. A Halloween standard here on Aerial View. Why, it was read once on the air, so that makes it a standard. But we'll be reading it again in just a moment. This is the Halloween edition of Aerial View, and you are more than welcome to call with your Halloween costume suggestions and the scariest thing that ever happened to you. We'll be back in just a moment with Johnny's first Halloween.
Johnny D'Andrea ran home from the E.W. Bauer school as fast as his short legs would carry him. It was Halloween, and he wanted to get home, slip into his pirate costume, and set off trick-or-treating. As he sped past the brightly decorated homes of his neighborhood, he noticed that many already had little children on the front stoop, impatiently awaiting the handing out of candy and other treats. This made Johnny run all the faster, for he too wanted to join in on the mirth of his favorite holiday. This was to be Johnny's first Halloween, spent trick-or-treating by himself. At 10 years old, he felt he was old enough to make the rounds of the neighborhood without his father along, holding his hand. The year before, all the other kids had laughed at him and called him names when they saw them with his dad. This year will be different, Johnny thought. This year, no one laughs. He got to his house and bounded up the front steps two at a time. Bursting through the door It was all he could do to shout, Hi, Mom, before throwing his books on the floor and racing up the stairs. Mrs. DeAndrea was in the kitchen, baking pumpkin pie, and she chuckled softly to herself in quiet admiration of her son's boundless energy and youthful enthusiasm. Upstairs, Johnny was nearly done, putting on his costume. Just the eye patch and the hat remained. Finished. Johnny DeAndrea, meet Captain Kidd. Mr. DeAndrea was just coming through the front door as Johnny hurled himself down the stairs, empty plastic bag in hand, and made for the outdoors. Whoa, fella, said Mr. DeAndrea. Let me get a look at that costume. Well, if it isn't Captain Kidd, the meanest pirate of them all. Look at you. Ah, come on, Dad. I want to get outside and meet up with my friends, replied Johnny. Mr. DeAndrea knelt down and put his hand on Johnny's shoulder. Son, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go with you. Mrs. DeAndrea came in from the kitchen, wiping her hands on her apron and listened as her husband continued. I know your mother and I said you could go out by yourself this year, but I'm afraid I just can't allow it. Johnny went white with rage and began pounding his fists on his father's chest, all the while shouting, No! 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 You told me I could! You told me I could! It's not fair! No, it's not fair! Mr. DeAndrea found himself raising his voice as he said, Look here, Johnny. I won't discuss this with you any further. I've made up my mind, and that's final. Now go up to your room and wait for me to change my clothes, and then I'll take you trick-or-treating. Johnny turned and ran away from his father, running up the stairs while shouting, No, 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 it's not fair! And then he slammed the door to his room as violently as possible. Mrs. DeAndrea came over to her husband as he slowly rose from where he had been kneeling and said, Martin, I just don't understand. Why have you done this? First you tell the boy he can go by himself, and then you rescind it. Why? Now, Lee, there's a damn good reason. If you'll hear me out, Mr. DeAndrea said, as he led his wife to the couch and sat her down. On the way home, I heard a report on the radio. Three kids from this neighborhood have been poisoned. 
and one of them has died after eating candy laced with strychnine. Mrs. DeAndrea put her hand to her mouth and gasped in horror. They don't know where the candy came from yet, continued Mr. DeAndrea, but they're urging parents to take every precaution with their kids. Now, I wasn't going to tell Johnny he couldn't go out altogether, but you can be sure I'm going with him and make sure he only goes to houses of people we've known for a while. Do you understand, Lee? Mrs. DeAndrea was thoroughly shocked. She closed her eyes briefly and then said, Yes, yes, I understand. Oh, Martin, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I'll go calm Johnny down. He'll be okay by the time you've changed. And she got up from the couch. The front door slammed hard and gave her a start. Oh my gosh, she blurted out. It must be Johnny. And she was right. Johnny was gone. Before he could even think, Mr. DeAndrea was up from the couch and putting on his car coat. Where's my keys? Damn it, where's my car keys? He kept repeating as he thrust his hands into every pocket of his pants, shirt, jacket. Finally, his wife found them on the end table and Mr. DeAndrea was out of the house and in his car in a flash. He roared out of the driveway and took off down the street in search of his son. It was approaching dusk and Mr. DeAndrea switched on the headlights and then turned on the radio in case there were any more news about the poisonings. After a half an hour had gone by with no sign of Johnny, an unbelievable fear gripped Mr. DeAndrea's innards. He didn't want to consider that his son might be dead. But as each minute slipped past, the possibility asserted itself all the more. Mr. DeAndrea stopped for the umpteenth time at the sighting of a pirate and flung himself from the car to see if it could be his son. For the umpteenth time, it wasn't Johnny, just a confused little boy, somewhat angry at being spun around by an adult. Then Mr. DeAndrea spotted Lenny Ditson, a friend of Johnny's, and shouted after him. Lenny stopped and slowly turned around, chocolate smeared all over his face. Lenny, Mr. DeAndrea shouted. Lenny, have you seen Johnny? I've got to find him. Is he in trouble, Mr. DeAndrea? Lenny asked, tearing the wrapper from a Hershey's bar. I, I won't tell you if he's in trouble. I won't tell you where he is, continued Lenny as he thrust the candy bar three quarters of the way into his mouth. No, no, he's not in trouble, Lenny. I've just got to find him and fast. Please, if you know, tell me. Okay, shrugged Lenny. He's on Vernon Street. It's three blocks away. You know, by the highway. Thanks, said Mr. DeAndrea, hurriedly as he wheeled around and made for his car. It occurred to him that he knew no one on Vernon Street. And this thought burned in his mind the whole time he raced towards it. The radio was still on, and just then came a special bulletin. Mr. DeAndrea went white as he listened. Police say they've been able to trace the candy eaten by the three victims of strychnine poisoning to a house on Vernon Street. Mr. DeAndrea switched off the radio as he made a right turn onto Vernon Street. He couldn't listen any longer. There were several police cars with their lights flashing and two or three news vans gathered in front of a small brick house. Mr. DeAndrea pulled over to the curb, shut off the ignition, and got out of his car. 
He paid no attention to the throng gathered on the front lawn of the small house or any of the policemen trying to hold him back. He bolted through the crowd, calling out his son's name. Johnny! Johnny! Where are you? Johnny! There was an ambulance on the lawn and two attendants were loading a stretcher into the back. There was a small body covered by a sheet and the sight of the body stopped Mr. DeAndre in his tracks. That could be my son, he thought. Suddenly, he felt a tugging at his pants leg. He looked down to see his son peering up at him. Hey, Dad, how about all this excitement? Isn't this great? Mr. DeAndrea, overcome with emotion, fell on his knees and hugged his son tightly. Oh, Johnny, Johnny, I thought we lost you, he sobbed. Sorry I scared you, Dad. I shouldn't have run out of the house, but why didn't you tell me there was poison candy? Why didn't you just tell me? Son, I'm sorry. From now on, I'll be honest with you. No more pussyfooting around. Mr. DeAndrea hugged his son again. Okay, Dad, let's go home. Race you to the car? The driver of the Mack truck didn't see the little pirate who dashed out from behind the ambulance until it was far too late. Johnny's bag full of candy flew high into the air. Its contents rained down onto the street as if in slow motion. Mr. DeAndrea watched as one Tootsie Roll after another plopped into the pool of blood, which oozed forth from the sticky mess, which was once his son. The End Hello, welcome to the air. Chris. Yes. Why do all your stories end with somebody getting run over? It's just the way life is, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> now, I've known you for a couple of years, and either somebody gets blown up or they get run over by a car. Those are the best endings. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kaz. Yeah. It's Kaz on our phone lines. Happy Halloween. I'm, I'm so glad you're calling. Um, so, um, Halloween, is it your favorite holiday or... Actually, yeah, it is kind of special for me. Why? Um, I don't know, just kind of special and kind of romantic for me. Why is it romantic for you? Um, because um, it was around this time that I met uh, Linda. Oh, uh, your, your current... Um, uh-huh. uh, what do you call them nowadays? Uh, your current... Cohabitant. Current, current cohabitant, okay. Yeah. Mm. And um, are you planning anything special, romantic for Halloween? N- no, actually, not really, just, you know getting together and uh, spooking each other. Oh, uh, was Halloween special for you when you were a kid, too? Um, I don't know whether... I mean, every kid liked Halloween. I don't know whether it was more special for me. Um, I certainly... I mean, I kept the Halloween decorations up all year round, if that meant anything. And mm-hmm. it was sort of like Halloween always in my head. Um, but yeah, I did like running around the neighborhood. Put a mask on. And, uh, what was the favorite costume, Halloween costume, that you've ever put together? Um, actually, it was usually a costume that uh, made absolutely no sense whatsoever. You know, the kind of costume that people just look at and go, what the hell are you supposed to be? Oh, really? Yeah, I and usually <laughs> slap something like that together. I remember one year you dressed as a, as a nurse, a zombie nurse. Oh, that was for the... That uh, was for the Nightmare Lounge Halloween party. Right. That was good. Well, that was really great because uh, all these women were coming up to me at the party and just, like, touching me. 
Really? Because yeah. they wanted to see if you were actually a woman? Um, no, I don't know. It was something like, because I was dressed as a woman, uh, something allowed them to come up and touch me. Wow. It was, uh, it was actually, I should dress like a woman all the time then, because <laughs> I really enjoyed that. So that's why people dress like women. Of course. Men dress like women. Um, I remember one year you also went to a Halloween party as a hick. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, that wasn't too much of a stretch now, was it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what are you dressing as this year, I guess, is the big question. Uh, I think I'm going back to my what the hell are you supposed to be period. Oh, really? Yeah. So what what, what the hell are you supposed to be? What, what are you going to be? <laughs> I think it has something to do with um, being insane. You know, I mean, <laughs> thinking of like, how would an insane person put an ensemble together? You know? Uh, trying to look normal but not quite making it. It's going to be... I, I was thinking of going as the man who left his house with a Q-tip in his ear. <laughs> That's a good one. It would be a really easy costume to put together. <laughs> Just the man who stuck the Q-tip a little too far <laughs> in his ear. Hey, that'd be good because it'd be educational, too. You know, Actually, like, that would be a great gag. If you could pull, if you could pull the Q-tip out and there's like, uh, some special effects... Um, innards in there, like little pieces of brain or something. Like blood just starts gushing out. Oh, yeah, that's that, a that'd be cool. Oh, wonderful idea. Make a mess at the the house where you go for Halloween. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a very I like that. I was thinking. Uh, here's my first costume suggestion of the evening. If you're a couple, maybe you'd like to go as Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, that's a great idea. You know, and Ted Danson. Although not around this neighborhood. <laughs> you know, Ted dancing in blackface and with the top hat and tails. And Whoopi Goldberg in whiteface. Yeah, right. That there, there. My first costume suggestion of the evening. Um, I don't have any idea what I'm going to be yet, Kaz. Uh huh. Maybe I will go as Kaz. <laughs> what the hell does that look like? I don't know. You could go as yeah. Yellow Man. Just paint yourself yellow. Yellow Man. Yeah. You know the you reggae artist. What about the Yellow Kid, the first cartoon character? There you go. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. You know, although that would be kind of a racial stereotype. But, That's uh, true. You're right. Hey, we had a pal who was Hitler one year. Really? Remember? Did he get the crap kicked out of him? Or? No, but he got a lot of uh, people driving by in their cars screaming stuff at him. Yeah. I thought that was pretty silly. You know? Hey, it's, you're supposed to be scary. It's Halloween. What could be more scarier than a killer of six million Jews? A 1040 form? Yeah. Maybe uh, you should go out as a 1040 form. Well, actually, that's more scary around, uh, you know, uh, IRS time. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for calling, Kaz, and responding to our story, which, if you noticed, was a little cautionary tale. Yeah, I think next time perhaps a, a piano should fall on someone's head. Okay. We'll have a piano fall on Johnny. Happy Halloween. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. I'm always glad when friends come to call. Hello. Welcome to the air. Hi, Chris. Hi, Martha. I wish I was Johnny. Why? I'd be banged by a truck on Halloween. Is that what really would uh, do it for you, Martha? I, I think that would be the ultimate. Okay. Better than being punched in the head. What are you dressing as for Halloween? Martha? I'm going to be Mr. Squishy. What's Mr. Squishy? Come over <laughs> here and find out. Give me a big hug. Martha, Mr. Squishy. <laughs> I like that. Okay. And you should really just go out and be um, Mr. Squishy and ask everybody to give you a big hug. And make big squeeze. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello. Welcome to the air. Hi. Hi. Um, you want to hear the scariest thing that ever happened to me on Halloween? Yes, I do. Oh, this is scary. Uh, one year, it was probably about six or seven years ago, I went to this party in West Orange. And it was a huge party. It was huge. You know, three, three floors of a house. 
teeming with people. And I'm not kidding now. Like, like 85% of the people there were dressed as Kiss. Really? Yeah. Okay. And that, that was really scary. And, and that was the scary part of the... Uh, well, sure, yeah. Because, like, it wasn't pre-planned. It wasn't like a Kiss party. It was a, a Halloween costume party. And spontaneously, like, the thousands... <laughs> exactly. That was my reaction. I screamed and screamed. And what were you dressed as? I can't even remember, but it wasn't as it wasn't as Kiss. It and was boy, did I feel out of place. You dressed as Punky Meadows. Yeah, something like that. Wow. But you know, I bet you're going to ask me what the best costume I ever was. was. Yes, yes. Um, I was a Civil War nurse when I was in the second grade. Cool. Yeah. So you had like what? What did you? Uh, what, what what would consist? What would be a Civil War nurse's getup? Um. I can't remember exactly, but I got it out of the encyclopedia. It was like a long dress, and uh, it was blue, I think, or something like that. And it was, it was, you know, I was on the north side. It wasn't a, a southern thing. And, uh, you know, it had like a, a red cross on it or something like that. Great. Yeah. So you were like Florence Nightingale. Yeah, exactly. Was she from the Civil War? I think she was. Um, what I know about the Civil War, you could put in a thimble. Um, but, you know, I think sh- I think she was yeah. uh, Civil War era. I'm sure a Civil War buff out there will <laughs> call us up and let us know. Yeah. But that, um, that was a neat costume, I thought. That sounds like a great costume. Yeah. Except everybody thought I was a pilgrim, and that, that really annoyed me. Even you, adults. Even with the Red Cross, they thought yeah, you were... Yeah, they didn't get it. That's very strange. Yeah. So, um, your scariest Halloween and your best costume ever, and do you have a costume you'd like to recommend people try this year? Oh, wow. Uh, not really. I, I'm kind of having a hard time thinking of one. I, I'm going to a party tomorrow, and I have to think of something. <laughs> that, and I have no money, and I have no I idea. have the same problem. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Maybe we should put together a costume bank. Yeah. And everybody who needs some sort of thing to wear for a costume, we can meet at a prearranged time and place tomorrow. That's a great idea. Like you can exchange costumes that you wore last year or something. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. I have a nun's outfit if anybody wants to be a nun this oh, year. that's great. Does anybody have, here I'm putting this out to the audience, does anyone have like a horse costume where, you know, it takes two people to, to get in it? One person's the back end and one person's the front end. Really? I would like to do that. Really? Yeah, that's been my dream. <laughs> my Halloween dream. Halloween dream. <laughs> well, thanks for calling. Okay. And say, happy Halloween. Hey, happy Halloween to you. Bye. Bye. Uh, 201-678-7743 is the phone number here. Hello, welcome to the air. I was just wondering which end she would want to be, because if it's the right end, then I just might get a costume for Really? And help her out. Okay. Well, what are you going to be this year? Well, I don't know. I really haven't been into it. But I did want to relay this story. It's short. Um, basically, I'm going to tell you what the costume was. It's, it was an aborted fetus. It was a friend of mine. Uh-huh. And he wrapped himself. He wore nothing but a jock strap and a, uh, a skinhead wig. <clears throat> and he wrapped himself in plastic and had, like, tubes and stuff hanging off him. And he poured, like, blood and goop. Not real blood, but I don't know what it was. And, like, like baby oil. He was just all goopy. Uh-huh. He was... He was and he had Alka-Seltzer so, like put he in his mouth, and he was foaming at the mouth. Like, he, he couldn't sit down all night, could he? I mean... Well, he could. He could. He just mm. got goop on things. We went to this party. At, uh, it happened to be at Danceteria a long time ago. And every time people would see him, they would they would look at him, and they'd see how goopy he was, and he, they would back off. So there was always a lot of space around him, even though it was a crowded club. Wow. It's pretty yeah. funny. Great idea. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for calling. You're welcome. This man's living vicariously through his friends. Hello, welcome Hi. to the air. Yes. How are you? Okay. Sean the bass player again. Hi, Sean. How hey, are you? What happened to you last week, man? Uh, last week, I was away. Uh, Sorry. It wasn't the same. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. How did that fella do who was here? Uh, well, you know, not all that great. Thanks. Thanks for making me feel good. You know, you're, you're the man for this, Chris. There's, there's no other. Yes, I am. I am the man. You are the man. All so right, I need help, Chris. Okay. I'm playing two parties this weekend. I have no costume. Really? I spent all my costume money on toys and some feet. Um, what, well, what do, you, what do you have? Do you have anything around the house at all? You are or you aren't? I'm, I don't think I am. Well, you should put them on anyway. Well. You'll find out. It's a real test of your masculinity. Uh, uh, I don't know. Let me tell you how I was tested one time, okay. Sean. I will tell you my scariest Halloween costume and my scariest Halloween. Sean? Hello? Sean, maybe you should listen in your car. Okay, go, go listen in your car. I'll tell you the story. Phone number here is 201-678-7743. Um, many years ago, I went to a uh, Halloween party at a house uh, with a, a, a woman, and I didn't know anybody at this house. And um, they were co-workers of this woman that I was seeing at the time. And I uh, dressed up for Halloween as Divine. And I shaved off my eyebrows. Uh, I got a wig, and I got a nightgown, and a bra... And floppy slippers. And I was divine. I was really, uh, I kind of approached the whole look because uh, I had help with the makeup. So I was uh, a pretty good divine, I must say. And I went to this party at this house where there were these biker guys who were not into the Halloween thing and they didn't dress up. They didn't want to wear costumes, apparently. And one of them got really drunk and um, he started making rude comments about uh, this woman I was at the party with. And um, the rudest comment he made, he leaned over and he asked me if um, he could have sexual intercourse with her. But he didn't use that word. He used the, the four-letter Anglo-Saxon equivalent. And, um, you know, I told him I, th I thought he should just get away from me. And uh, he turned around and he reached down into his boot and he pulled out a knife. And luckily, I you know, I didn't, hadn't had that much to drink, so I was still pretty aware of what was going on. And I saw him reaching into his boot for this knife and I was leaning against the um, the kitchen sink and I reached into the um, the dish drainer and I grabbed the biggest knife there was there which was considerably larger than his and then we faced off in the kitchen me dressed as divine in a nightgown and this biker guy pulling knives on each other in a stranger's house and so they moved him out into the backyard, made him smoke a cigarette, and calmed down. And then we left. I left the party with this person that I was with. And she yelled at me all the way home for ruining the party for her. And anyway, that was my scariest Halloween and my best Halloween costume ever. And so now, what was yours? Hello, welcome to the air. Yes? My name's Rob. Can Hi, you, Rob. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. It's the same Rob that... You know, we did that bit a while back. Anyway. Um, we did that bit a while back? Yeah. Anyway. Last, two weeks ago, before you went away, the show dedicated to me. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rob with the pathetic life. That's it. That's me. That's it. Exactly. Thank you. I'm going this year as a uh, disgruntled postal worker. 
I'm going to borrow my... Uh, you stole my idea, you bastard. <laughs> That's what I was going to be. No, really. I'm going to borrow my brother-in-law's postal uh, uniform and uh, carry a gun. See, I don't know anybody in the post office that I could borrow a uniform from. Oh, see, well, I, I got it down. Yeah, disgruntled ex-postal worker. That's a good one. <laughs> Very nice. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hello, welcome to the air. Hello. They hung up. Hello. Hello. No one was there. 201-678-7743 is the phone number. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi, Chris. Hi. Fun show. Oh, thank you. You're doing quite a wonderful job. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, this year I'm going to be a coward. Really? Yeah. What does that mean now? How, does that, how, are you, how will you act out this coward thing? Well, if anybody even approaches me and talks to me, I'll whimper a little and shrink away. So you're not actually going to buy a costume? Yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a poor coward. That's that's really sad. <laughs> well, I was going to try to be a large, dark aardvark mm -hmm. and make a big costume, but then I realized when I started it was much more to, fun to say than to be. Okay, um, why don't you take my idea and be the man who left his house with a Q-tip in his ear? Hmm. How would that sound? Well, How'd that be? But what if you were at a party and some really drunk biker guy, probably carrying a knife, bumped into you really hard and forced that Q-tip into your brain? Well, then you wouldn't have to worry anymore about anything. <laughs> All right? Thanks for calling. Okay, thanks. The number here is 201-678-7743. Don't go to Halloween parties with bikers, by the way. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Welcome to the air. Thank Hi, how you doing? Okay. Good. I, have, uh, I got some suggestions because I love these suggestions so far. I'm sitting out Halloween this year just because it caught me by surprise. But, uh, but some friends called me and said, hey, you going to this party? I said, no. And they said, okay, well, let me see what we're doing. I got a couple friends that are, three friends that are going as the scene from the movie The Program where the guys are getting, kids are getting killed imitating. Okay, right, yes. I got two friends are dressing as football players with yellow stripes on their backs and they got tired marks all over their bodies and one of the guy's girlfriends is dressing as Mickey Mouse because it's a Disney film in a big cardboard car and they're, we're all, they're all going to do the Grinch Village Parade and she's going to like the lie on the road and she'll run over them and then they'll run in front of her and lie on the road again. Excellent. And then Excellent I got another, idea. I, I got another friend who's uh, going as uh, a German tourist in Florida. Cool. It's like later hosing in a bullet wound or something like that. I don't know. Very good. And then I have, just because you're talking about it, I'm remembering dumb little Halloween things. And I think the most embarrassing thing that I did when I was a kid in Halloween, after doing the UNICEF thing and stuff and getting in the costume, I went as the Fonz one year when I was like, you know, seven. Yeah, but everybody did. Oh, I was really embarrassed. Everybody went as the Fonz. Yeah, and it looks so nondescript when you're seven, too. Yeah. <laughs> you're a kid in a jacket. And I felt what, really, really What bad. gets really hard is, is, is Halloween costumes when you're an adult. That's when it gets difficult. Well, I, like, I think the ones I just brought up are pretty good. They're good. Oh, they're great. They're not mine. They're not mine. I'm, I'm stealing them. Go ahead. Okay, Go, thanks free. Thanks for calling. I won't tell. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Hello, welcome to the air. Chris? Yes? Hi. Hi. Before you said you had a nun costume? Yes. Well, I was thinking that, you know, since you're having trouble deciding what to be, you could be a pregnant nun for Halloween. A pregnant nun? Yeah. What the hell is that? A pregnant nun. That would be so sacrilegious. So? What do you... Th what? That's that's just horrible. It's very tasteless. It is. Besides, there was a woman at work today who was a pregnant nun. Really? Yeah. Yeah, one of my friends was a pregnant nun in, like, sixth grade. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. But I don't want to be it. Thanks for calling, anyway. Okay. Bye. Bye. Um, hello, welcome to the air. Hi. Hi. Um, a couple of my favorite things that I ever was was the Gorgon Medusa. Uh -huh. I put rubber snakes in my hair. Oh, cool! Yeah. Yeah, that was good. People, some, a few people were so grossed out though. Even though they knew they were fake, 
They couldn't take it. Oh, that's too bad. So, and the other one's Lot's wife. Lot's wife? Yeah, I yes. like, made my face all white. Okay. And I could go around all night, like, turning back and looking like a pillar of salt. Did you let people lick you? <laughs> oh, nobody even tried. Oh. What a waste. What a great idea. Yeah, yeah, salt, so, salt Anyway, lick. that's my contribution. Thanks. Thanks. Wow, we're getting uh, plenty of good ideas here. Hello, welcome to the air. Yeah, how are you? Hawaii, Hawaii, Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, that's my Jersey City accent. This is Mick from Lodi. Hey. Yeah, I'm originally from Jersey City, but I'm in Lodi now. Do you want me to sing Talk a Lodi again? Do you want me to sing a line from that song for you? Uh, oh Lord, <laughs> stuck in Lodi again. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I wanted to tell you, I'm going to uh, a good friend of mine who's getting married tomorrow. Uh, Denise and his girlfriend Bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay? congratulations and, to them. And I consider it, you know, it's a uh, mischief night, and I consider it. Everybody's going to come dressed nice and suits and that, but myself and my brother-in-law. We, we're thinking about, like, going in the back and changing it to some kind of Halloween outfit, you know? Okay. Okay, and uh, we were thinking of going as a... Uh, well, we have one idea, like Laurel and Hardy, because I do a pretty good Laurel. Yes. You know, like, uh, well, I needed the money to buy some more peewees. You see, I lost the play with little Jack Horner, you know? Uh-huh. But it was just an idea. But maybe you might have something better, you know? Like, uh, do you know, did they wear anything like when Frankenstein married the Bride of Frankenstein? Did they wear anything? Yeah, like, did they really get married, or did they just get out of the box and walk away together? It was a long time since I seen the movie. I don't, I, I don't know, Nick. That's, I don't think they ever got married. I don't think they consummated their, uh, you well, know, their the thing. Well, it was called the of Frankenstein, right? Yeah, huh? but I think that he, uh, that she, as soon as she saw Frankenstein, she started screaming. Is that one? Angela Lansbury, as no, it wasn't Angela Lansbury. It's Elsa Lanchester, who played the bride of Frankenstein. Uh, when yeah. when the character sees Frankenstein, she begins to scream because he's so horrible looking. Yeah, well, I hope that don't happen tomorrow. <laughs> and and he gets really dejected and says, "He, yeah. she hates me. She hates me." Well, what and do you think? You think boy, have I been through that before? Do that or no? Uh, no, Nick. Here's what I think you should do. I'll give you a great suggestion. You uh, and your brother-in-law, see if you can get some. Where are they getting married? Well, they're gonna get married in church and the reception. But where? Be, what town? Oh, uh, in Newark. The receptions in Newark, right in Newark. Okay, you get some Newark police officers, right, uh -huh. um, to uh, lend you their uniforms for the night. Right. And Newark police officers are so lowly paid that they they probably would rent them to you. <laughs> you go to the wedding and you start arresting people in the wedding party. That would be fun. Uh, you arrest the bride and groom and maybe strip search them and everything. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, uh, Nick. Well, hey, you know, I don't. I Nick, don't know. it's mischief know. night. You know. That's a tough thing to go through. I mean, I gotta go to the police station. All that. I mean, I'm I'm probably better off just trying to rent a cop uniform. You know? Yeah, you're right. You know? Okay. If I could get one. I don't, I don't know. Nick, thanks for calling. Well, thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks. That was Nick from Lodi. Uh, the phone number here is two zero one six seven eight seven seven four three. Tomorrow night is mischief night. You know, I never uh, we never did that from where I came from. We didn't do the mischief night thing. It's like a new concept to me. Hello, welcome to the air. Yeah, hi. Oh. Hi. Yeah, here's the most traumatic costume I ever came up with. Freshman at University of Rochester, 13 to 1 male to female ratio. I dressed as a woman really well. Really? Like a girl made me up, and uh, I didn't realize the significance of the uh, that ratio at the time. Somebody actually, like, picked me up seriously under the influence of alcohol and upperclassmen. Really? And uh, ultimately, when he found out his mistake... Reacted rather extremely. Really? Did uh, did you roll the guy? 
No, he outweighed me by like 50 or 60 pounds. It was interesting ah. to see things from that side. Really? Where, when did he find out that you were not a woman? Uh, At what point? Somewhere in the course of the night with many people around. Really? And of course, the only way he could like react to save his face was by... Uh, Pounding you. Senseless. Well, more or less insinuating that I was like indeed after him and had gone to all the trouble of dressing up so as to uh, really? procure his masculine talent. Wow. And so for the rest of that year at Rochester, people were like kind of unsure of me. So what, what did you have to do to prove that you were indeed as masculine as, as the other men on campus? Uh, I think flunk out. That probably did it. Yeah, I'd say flunk out, uh, maybe crash a car, well, I did uh, flunk date out. rape, you know. You did flunk out? Yeah, there are no okay. women to date rape. You have to remember that ratio. It's like if you saw a woman in once a week, you were lucky. What's the ratio again? It's like 13 to 1. Wow, my my listeners learn something during this program. That's yeah. great. I was unforewarned. Thanks. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have been so insensitive as to uh, lead on a drunken upperclassman. That's for you. Onward. Thanks. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi. Hi. F FMU. Yes. How you doing? Okay. Well, I have a couple of uh, Bensonhurst, the uh, Brooklyn stories for you. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, and, um, they're not really that funny, but they're interesting. One of them is, uh, when, when we were teenagers, what we used to do is, um, catch a girl, right? And we would open up cans of tomato sauce, and f first we would pour a bag of flour all over them, right? Hold out their arms, and then cans of tomato sauce, and then some eggs on top of their head, and then we'd let them go. Okay. That's what, well, that's before teenagers, that's maybe... 12 years old. And then another story was uh, we had a Halloween party one night. This is a bittersweet type story. We had a Halloween party, and I was dressed as Jimi Hendrix. This must have been 1970 or so. So I was all dressed in velvet with uh, my hair was all in an afro, and I had black face on and everything. And this is in Bensonhurst. And that night... You walked through the wrong neighborhood and they kicked the crap no, out of you. No, 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 no. That night, what happened was this this black couple, real finely dressed, um, a man and a woman, they happened to be walking down 13th Avenue in 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 Bensonhurst, and all of these guys came out of the bar, and you know started saying things to them, making racial slurs and things like that. So who comes race, rushing rushing out of the bar to protect them? But me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all dressed in blackface, and I'm telling them, why don't you leave them alone? And, uh, and then they all started chasing me. Wow, so you were able to distract the crowd right? and make them uh, transfer their feelings uh, towards uh, people of color onto you. That's right, but I, but I had forgotten at the time that I, was <laughs> that I was dressed like a black man. Okay. In Bensonhurst, so that was, uh, that was pretty scary for me to have all of these, um, these uh, hitter-type Bensonhurst people who at the time weren't uh, very consciously evolved now they're much more consciously evolved um, yeah you're right now they w they wouldn't say anything they would just you know <laughs> no actually everyone in Bentonhurst was not like that it was just uh, those are the ones that you see on TV because I my buddies and I all came from Bentonhurst and we were all fine you know we were into Do you consider yourselves racially tolerant is okay. that what you're saying then you now oh, then no. whenever no, now? Yes. Now I don't think of it. Yeah. Now everyone's the same to me. Are you still in Bensonhurst? Yes. Oh, okay. No, everyone's the same to me. As a matter of fact, I was so against that uh, that I actually 
you know, had a black roommate <laughs> in, uh-huh. Benson, in Bensonhurst at the time, and uh, you know, that got me into a little trouble. But anyway, the Halloween stories, so those, are, those are two Halloween stories, and then we used to have massive egg fights, huge egg fights, 200 kids, kids marching down 13th Avenue. Um, all the stores would close and board up their windows because these were major egg fights. People would come from all over the neighborhood, Bath Avenue, everywhere, to get involved in these egg fights. And any of the store owners that uh, didn't treat us nice during the year would have their, their businesses pelted pretty badly. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, it was, a, it was a wild neighborhood, but uh, there were survivors. Uh, thank God the 60s came, came along and a lot of us... Um, a lot of us started getting into, uh, you know, smoking and going to the Fillmore, and and everything turned out all right. Great, great Halloween story. Thanks for calling. My pleasure. Bye. Bye. There you go. Forget a child's Christmas in Wales. What about a child's Halloween in Bensonhurst? That's the story I want to read. This is Aerial View on WFMU Uppsala College East Orange. You're listening to our Halloween program. And we are soliciting your suggestions for costumes, trying to find out what the scariest Halloween was that you've had, or even just the scariest thing that ever happened to you. Maybe it wasn't related to Halloween. The phone number here is 201-678-7743. People sometimes ask me to describe this show. That is difficult. What can I say? Mystery! Hello, welcome to the air. Hello? Yes? Hi, um, you're looking for a cool Halloween story? Yes, why not? Yes. Great, um, beautiful, love it. Well, I go to a, sco- to a drama school called um, the Trish Wheeler um, Drama School. Trish Wheeler, wow, mm-hmm. she was, I remember her, she was great. Wasn't she on Charlie's Angels? Um, I think she did the pilot, though, but she... She didn't make it into the series? No, she... Who, who in the world is Trish Wheeler? Um, sh- hmm, Trish Wheeler. I think she did some, some theatrical... Beat. Wait a minute, shouldn't you be going to a drama school of somebody who's, like, you know, known or something? I mean... It... Well, I'm not a very good actor, so, you know... Yeah, well, you're going to the Trish Wheeler School of Drama. What do you expect? Why don't you get it the hell out of there and go to, like, uh, who's he Watson? What's his face? You know that guy. Mm-hmm. You know the big guy, the the big man, the you know what's his name? Help me here, son. What's what's his name? You know the guy, the guy, the guy. The guy. The that guy, the guy who. Uh, Mr. Lee Strasberg. Lee Strasberg. Go over to Lee Strasberg. Lee Strasberg was a great actor. Really? Yeah, you well, probably it cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, Trish Wheeler's pretty good. Or something. How about Stella Adler? Stella Adler. Yeah, yeah I've, I thought about that school. Oh, so how's it going? How long have you been in there? Um, I've been going for three years. And uh, what are you doing now? Are you acting at all? Um, yeah. What? I'm in a current production called The Fifth Son. It's about government in El Salvador. It's called what? The Fifth Son. The Fifth Son. Yeah. And it's about um, government in El Salvador in the late 1970s. Okay, do a scene for us. Okay, it's pretty tense out. You play what part? I play Romero. Romero. Mm-hmm. The suave, swinging... Revolutionary, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did I get it right? Uh-huh. Okay, so now, uh, what does Romero do in this in the course of this play? Does this character change? Hmm? Does he experience a change, which is the real um, bedrock of drama, you know? Yeah, he's heavy, in, heavily influenced. 
Okay. There's, there's four gods which which influence him very much. And there's this there's this big scene, it's raining, late at night, and there's a great war going on, a great civil war in El Salvador, and um, millions and millions of people have been killed, and there's these four gods, and they're just screaming, "What will you do, Romero? What will you do?" And there's just all this this great aurora, this great this great orgy of sound, and and light just streaming around. It's very dramatic. You had to be there, I guess. And what were some of your lines? I'm I'm looking for you know. Oh, my lines. Yes. Well, I'm being heavy influenced and just all the sound going wrong, and then I go no, and everything is silent, and I say I will choose who I will be, and then it stops. So this is avant-garde, right? Yeah. Okay. In a nutshell. All right. So what was your best Halloween ever and/or slash costume idea? Well, I was at the school, as the story winds down, and um. The, the Libby Dewicker School of Acting. What's her name again? Trish Wheeler. Oh, Trish Wheeler. Mm-hmm. And we were <laughs> Sorry. Woman. I, Hold on. I got confused. That's Trish now. Hey, take the trash out. And it, and it was at the, there's this, um, this one small theater, and as a prank to Trish Wheeler, who's one of the teachers there, we um, got around around four tons of peanuts. Uh-huh. And we got a humongous trunk truck. And we filled the entire room full of peanuts. Oh, kind she, of a, she probably loved that. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah it took it took us about four hours to get all the peanuts out. Was was she livid? Was she absolutely insane with anger? Because um, if someone did a prank like that to me, I mean, I would seriously think of suing them. Yeah, she was a little pissed off. Really? Yeah. She just did, what, didn't think it was funny, right? No, I guess yeah. she didn't see the full humor in it. Well, you see, people who have never been in fraternities or sororities don't think those kinds of things are funny. That's something that you really have to uh, be like a, f- a frat brother or a sorority sister mm-hmm. to laugh at. Because if I came home and found my room filled up with peanuts, I'd find the person that did it and I'd probably douse them with gasoline and yeah. set them afire. We ate a lot or, of peanuts, I'd, or I'd get a lawyer and I'd sue them. Yeah, if Mrs. Wheeler is listening right now, I'm sorry. Well, anyway, I bet you gave you a really good uh, lesson in emoting, right? Yeah, I didn't, okay. get, I didn't get too many good roles after that. Yeah, Trish Wheeler would fix your ass. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. The Trisha Wheeler School of Acting. Come to Trisha Wheeler's. Learn how to act. Do you want to be an actress or an actor? Do you think you're dramatic or just funny? Come to Trisha Wheeler's and find out. You're in the wrong profession, Chris. What profession should I be in? You should be in ad writing. That was beautiful. Was it? Yeah. I like that. Wall Street is yours, man. (laughs) Here are just a few of our fine graduates. And then there would be lines from various productions where that guy goes, No! I must choose what I want! I think the way he said it was much better. I wonder if he says it like that on stage. Well, that's... that much conviction. Because he's been to the Cheshire Wheeler School of Acting. (laughs) So anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Okay, so my costume story. It's Halloween. We're working. Uh, The guy who owns the place where I'm working is there. And I'm dressed as a flasher. A flasher, a yes. Overcoat with a pair of pant legs from an old pair of jeans, you know, taped about my knees. Uh huh. And I have nothing on besides that except for a clown mask over my groin. Okay. Okay. So it's ha ha ha, I'm flashing everybody, ha ha ha, you know. And the owner of the place that I work says, hey, there's some friends of mine up here. And these people are like, you know, 50, 60. Uh, some lady friends of mine are upstairs, and they want to see your costume. God, it's a funny costume. 
So I go upstairs and give them a big flash. And as I do, the little elastic string that holds the clown mask over my groin, which I have nothing on under this clown mask, snaps. And I, and I still held my job after that, too. I thought that was pretty good. You held your job, among other things. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so you give those gals a thrill. Yeah, you should have seen the looks on their faces. Did any of them talk to you afterwards? And One actually snapped a picture. Like, she was already with a camera when I came up to take a picture of this great costume. And I don't know where, you know, the mask was when she pulled the trigger on that camera. But she's got You mean this lady's got a picture of your free willy? I'm of your John Thomas? Perhaps. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There, there you go. Thanks. Thanks okay. for that great story. <laughs> okay, bye. Great Halloween story. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi, um, I have a cool, the coolest Halloween costume I ever saw and possibly uh, an idea for somebody. It's timeless. Okay. It was uh, my sister, actually, and it was... Uh, Dressed as your sister. Great no, no, idea. No, it was no, my sister's costume, and it was uh, immediately post-JFK assassination Jackie with the little pillbox hat and the, uh -huh. uh, the blood-splattered uh, stoom. She had a little styrofoam JFK head. Oh, cool. And, oh, by the way... Um, Am I correct, or is it your listener male-to-female ratio the same as Syracuse University, I think? No, I, it's, it's Rochester, and Rochester. it's actually it's actually worse. I mean, there it was 13 to 1. to 1? It's, it's probably much worse. I would say that uh, based on the phone calls, our male-to-female ratio is probably running about 90 to 1. I guess only, uh, what's his name, the archivist could probably only answer. Yeah, Jim Teamer. We'll have to get Jim Teamer on the phone and find out. Have a nice Halloween. Thank you. Bye -bye. Have a happy and safe Halloween. Hello, welcome to the air. Yes, hi. Is this Chris? Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I'd like to tell you about my story about Halloween last year. Please do. Okay, well, this is what happened. You know, my husband and I, we went to this party, and we didn't know what we wanted to be. And, you know, we figured we'd have, like, a culinary motif. So I dress as a chorizo. You know, he dresses an enchilada because he was getting a little tight in the belly here, you know. Okay. So, and we get there, and, you know, and they're... Are you listening? No. No, I, you're not? I just tuned out. No, I was listening. I'm listening every step of the way. Okay, good, good. Just listen. And you know what the best part of it all was? Why? All the guys kept coming, and they wanted to eat me. Yeah, that's that would be the best part of dressing like food, I would think, yes. Unbelievable. Yes. I, all the men. It was, it was unbelievable. Women, too. You know, there were a couple of them, but, you know, I don't know. But I just wanted to let you know about that story. Thank you. Well, thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, it's almost Halloween. Halloween will be on Sunday. Please have a happy and safe one. Bill Berger is here next with the Hip Bone Program. Here is our last phone call of the evening. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi, how are you doing? Okay. Well, here's my scary story. I don't have any. Hello? You don't have any? No, nah, I, really, I really do. Okay. I have one best costume. Okay. Are you waiting for cues from me? No, actually, I'm just going to close my door because I can hear the radios on downstairs, and it's just distracting me. Um, the best costume I ever saw was, and it's good if you have children. I don't know if you do because I don't typically listen to your show that often. I'm not home. But uh, the organ grinder with the monkey on the side. Yes. If you have children or a smaller sister, is the best costume. You can get money, too. Hey. Yes, you're absolutely right. And it is a good costume. It looks really good. Thank you. Uh, 
scary last year only because my boyfriend dressed up as the crash dummy and was propped up in a coffin while my friend's husband sat on the porch as an old man mask dude scaring the children by asking them to take the candy from the crash dummy's hand. Oh, I see. Yes, very good. A little frightening. Very frightening. And unfortunately, I was compelled and uh, forced to be a gypsy for all my entire life of costuming, which I can't get my daughter to do. She uh, has other desires, but um, it's okay because it ran in the blood. Okay, thanks. And for another day, I got ghost stories for you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. We do have to go. This is the end of the program. Hello, we have to go. Uh, hello, Chris? Yes. Are you on the air? Yes. I, I have a quick story to tell because I'm, oh. very, I'm very weird about yeah. it. I, I was walking around, Chris. Sorry, don't have time. Oh, my God. Sorry. Chris? I wanted to hear your story so badly. Uh, remember, if you run out of candy at home, uh, you can always use a deposit can or bottle. They are worth a nickel, and um, children will turn them in. Well, until next week, happy Halloween. Get through to you. Yeah. And so I don't know what to do. What's the matter? I couldn't get through. Who is it? It's me. Who is you? It's me, Billy. What happened to Bill? Moved out to WMSU. the Illuminati. Gee, what's the matter with Billy? He looks kind of spaced out. The signs are often misunderstood. I bet he's on something. It's not what you think. He's dead. You got it?